Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the Deep State of Mind podcast. As always, I am here with my co-host, Gribble. Hello. Uh, once again, I could use a tall glass of adrenochrome because I've got sleepy bitch disease tonight. Yeah, I feel that. I, I've had a long, hard day of doing absolutely nothing. I am at the moment working retail, so that's all you need to know. Yeah, that's how. For those of you who are new to the podcast, what we like to do here is we like to talk about the weird and the obscure in the realm of conspiracy theories. You know, there's been a lot of media coverage over the past, you know, especially like two or three years about conspiracy theories. And usually it, it just covers the same old, same old, you know, Bush did 9-11, JFK got shot by the CIA, uh, Hillary Clinton's eating babies. We've all heard these before. What we want to do is we want to show you some of the, the really uh, wild and wacky obscure and and strange ones that you probably haven't heard of yet weird and wild ones you know you're saying like you know conspiracy theories they're like gaining traction and popularity again and i'd like to i think personally we're in like the second wave of the satanic panic and like everything happening now is kind of just like part of the fallout of the original satanic panic and like these are the weird mutants fucking climbing out of the the fallout you know what i mean yeah, I would say in the U.S. there have been three major heydays for conspiracy theories, and that would be the uh, 60s, the 90s, and right now. Yeah, uh, Which I guess sure. is the, the, the 20s or the 2010s or whatever whatever you'd like to classify these periods as. But uh, yeah, yeah, definitely a lot of rehashing of old stuff. You know, even from 60 years ago, you'd still see a lot of the same, ah, oh, there's a satanic cabal running everything, and there's, like, a sprinkle of anti-Semitism in there, and there you go. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know, the whole, uh, you know, satanic eating baby shit, it's been going on for, like, the last fucking 40 years. It's not new. Not a new concept. And not even, like, a very convincing one, considering, it, you know, 40 fucking years now. And yeah nothing substantial about anything like that yeah yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I think about that like mostly all the time especially when i get on the internet and i see a lot of just like religious fucking lunacy you know like we i it, yeah. i almost wonder like i don't really know if we ever left the satanic panic yeah i feel like it definitely calmed down i don't know i'm i'm only 20 i'm turning 23 soon uh, I'm only 22 years old, so I can't really speak on the social history of the when I was five years old or 10 years before I was born. But yeah, it does feel like there's kind of always been that undercurrent of evangelical insanity. And the only thing that's really changed is the fact that it has only gotten more mainstream as the decades have gone on. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, I, I wasn't talking about that because it was related to my theory, but um, my theory is about Christianity, but... <laughs> It, it is not the satanic yeah. panic, but, um, yeah, I yeah. guess this is kind of my little Christianity talking hour for the for this week. Yeah, and the devil isn't even really much of a thing in the Bible. He comes up, like, like four or five times, really. Uh, I mean, he's pretty, he's, like, there during Revelations, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, like, that's, like, the, the weird sequel. That's, like, the, uh, the, that's the cool book of the Bible. That's the the direct to DVD version of the Bible. The Book of Revelations. The Book of yeah. Revelations is like the most important book in the Bible for like literally all conspiracy theories. 
That's true. Like, 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 think about, um, think about like cults, um, like uh, doomsday groups, militia groups, um, like just conspiracy theorists in general, evangelists. Like, it is all about the Book of Revelations. And even, even just like one off, like deranged people that have committed, like, wasn't, um, like Ted Kaczynski, I think he some of he his uh his his acting outs were you know because he was hearing shit. Um, I think he was gonna like stop the end days as described in Revelations by murdering people is what I think he believed. Well, I think that he was just trying, as far as I understand, with Ted Kaczynski, I think he was just trying to return to monkey. Really, what was going on is he wanted a excuse and an outlet for his his murderous urges, and so he wrote this whole manifesto about how industrialization is bad. Uh, to justify it. Didn't he, uh, like, am I wrong? Wasn't it, like, uh, some shit about, like, God was saying, like, you know, you can save these people by killing a few or something like that? Is that Kaczynski? Or was that... that I don't think that was Kaczynski. Kaczynski was pretty focused on the more academic side of things. He saw the Industrial Revolution as a whole as sort of this degradation and this sort of uh, terror on the human race. And he was trying to strike back at it, you know, by attacking universities and airlines. I wonder who I'm. I wonder who I'm thinking of then, because there was one. There was one like, um, I guess like serial killer, kind of akin to Ted Kaczynski. It. Oh my God, what the? No, I think it was him. Hold on. Okay, okay, let's look this up. I'm no, I'm, I'm no Ted scholar. I only dabble in in the Ted pill. It's a, it's a serial killer like akin to Ted Kaczynski. If it's not Ted Kaczynski. And, like, there was, uh, like, earthquakes kind of, like, in the California area. And, you know, he, like, the guy in question was, like, like schizophrenic. So he thought it was, like, the end times. And, like, it, he had some kind of delusion about, like, if he killed a few people, then, like, God would spare all of humanity or some shit. I, I, Are you thinking of uh, the Son of Sam? No, Son of Sam was just some weird incel guy in New York. Uh, the only San Francisco serial killer I know of is, uh, 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 Ted Cruz there. uh... San Francisco? Yeah, wasn't San Francisco, um, the, the, the the guy with the hood and the codes and the, they made a whole movie about him? Did you say Ted Cruz? Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, I'm forgetting the name of the actual serial killer. The Zodiac Killer. (laughs) I was like, I was like, are you trying to say the Zodiac Killer? (laughs) Yeah, no, I couldn't remember the name, so I just I just went for whatever I. There's could a ton of California with. serial killers. I mean, you get some good ones there. Yeah, I mean they got all sorts of they got all sorts of wacky, kooky stuff. I mean, that's going where on you there. get your your uh your Richard Ramirez and uh, the Vampire Sacramento. What's his name? I don't know. This is this is your it's area. It's blanking expertise. on me. Ugh, that's gonna bug the shit out of me. But uh, yeah, Vampire Sacramento, nasty guy, nasty, nasty guy. Um, yeah. but yeah. Anyway, should we? <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> let's see we do have some exciting stuff coming up of a podcast that we're going to be able to talk to you about soon um we got a guest that i really really wanted to get uh, i'm not going to tell you who it is it's not alex jones but anyway what theory do you have this uh week? i don't know how to like give it like a, a a title i guess um i was originally going to look into this theory called god is a dragon right um, and it kind of yeah. just evolved into a general research frenzy about, like, the Bible, um, dinosaurs, and dragons. And just, 
various things about it. All right, that sounds cool. I've brought up many times on the podcast 9-11 conspiracy theories, primarily as an example of a theory that's too commonly covered to be a subject of an episode. I don't know about you, but the phrase 9-11 was an inside job coming from a young Alex Jones over a shitty megaphone is burned into my memory. Yeah. As an aside, I really do miss the days when Alex Jones was just known for uh, yelling 9-11 was an inside job outside random events. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Before he ended up being like politically relevant and was instrumental in the harassment of the families of Sandy Hook victims, his ramblings were more or less good, clean fun. That's when he just like went too far, and it like you yeah. you couldn't even like like with your whole chest say you ironically like him because yeah, like he 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 crossed a line, you know, and I, I I imagine he lost like a ton of ironic fans. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's not to say that he he isn't entertaining now or he wasn't shitty before, but there's a certain innocence that's been lost. Yeah, it it definitely. I I I think that's the perfect way to describe it. Like he's not just this like he he's not this like weird kooky dude on the internet screaming about yeah. stuff. Like he's actually kind of, you know, affected people's lives negatively. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 a fucking Dennis. Uh you ever watch his old public access stuff before he was online? Um, I might have seen clips and not recognized that's what it was. <laughs> I it, it's it's fun. It's weird. It's weird to see young Alex Jones before like he went like completely off the rails. He was almost a little bit charming when he was younger. Did he have as much like rosacea? No, no. His skin was like not as like bright red. I mean, is it rosacea or is it just like his raw anger and testosterone? <laughs> yeah, I think it's just his alpha energy radiating out of his his, his thin skin. Would you call Alex Jones a Sigma male? <laughs> oh, man. I don't know where I would put him in the incel hierarchy. Like, that's like, he's a fucking specimen. Yeah, yeah. I think that, I really hope he donates his body to science so we can figure out what the fuck's going on I, there. Yeah, honestly, he's like, <laughs> he's like built like a fucking, I don't even know. Refrigerator? Yeah. Like a fucking ambulance. <laughs> fucking oil drum. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Dude looks like a fucking Minecraft golem. <laughs> oh, he... Back on track. There's something that's often forgotten when it comes to terrorism and the World Trade Center. Uh, overshadowed by those who scream never forget, the types who would celebrate mass casualty events in New York City if it did give them an excuse to be racist and feel victimized. And oft forgotten by the 9-11 truth movement. That is the 1993 World Trade Center bombing. I feel like I knew this information, and I'll let you get into it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think you're definitely going to know more about the topic than me, but how does this play into the early to mid-90s right-wing militia movement? Um, it doesn't really. Okay, I thought it did. I mean, you can just cut no. that out then. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was. It, it didn't really have that much of a uh, splash from what I can see. Okay, well, yeah, because this was pre-OKC, so whatever. Yeah, yeah. Surprisingly similar to OKC. Um, That's what I was thinking, maybe. Because uh, it was a van, correct? It was a rider truck. Yeah. The exact same truck that uh, McVeigh. Okay, maybe that's what I like the correlation in my mind was. 
So on February 26th, a rider truck at the base of the World Trade Center's North Tower exploded, killing six and injuring over a thousand. Most of those injuries came from the evacuation. Uh, smoke essentially billowed up all the way to the 93rd floor, and there were a lot of smoke inhalation injuries. So, like, a, a relatively minor attack. I mean, it's still a fucking attack, and people still fucking died, but I just, you know, we're talking about America here. Yeah. Yeah, the thing is that it was a 1,200-pound bomb. It was a huge explosive, and it had the potential to take down the entire building. It's just that it wasn't placed anywhere that was, like, structurally relevant enough to take down the building. But it did some real damage. It was a very powerful explosive, and the sort of preliminary explosive that set off the rest of it was some very, like, high-end shit. Like, this was not the fertilizer bomb that was Oklahoma City. Damn, that's kind of crazy, honestly, though. Yeah. Honestly, surprised that it killed as few as it did. Uh, It's because it was in the parking section, like the parking garage section. Oh. um, So there was only, like, a couple of Port Authority people and one uh, businessman there. I mean, why would it, like, that's kind of, I mean, is it because, like, the structure that to make a parking garage is just, strong as fuck or something like why wouldn't why wouldn't it have like taken down the building from you know what i mean like sort of a later analysis that i read about it said that if it was just like you know a hundred feet closer to one of the uh like support areas of the building then it could have potentially brought down the building but it did half a billion dollars in damage so how do you get like this high end explosive shit and then not even like think about structural integrity Well, I mean, it was a relatively small effort. There was probably like a half dozen guys involved. And the guy who sort of masterminded the whole thing did say that it was only the beginning and there would be more to come, which uh, the feds completely fucking ignored. Oh, okay. So he, I mean, he wasn't trying to make it 9-11. He wasn't trying to bring it down. I think he was just doing a... Yeah, yeah. it It was a, you know, terrorist bombing and it's more for scaring people than it was to try and bring down the whole building, from what I understand. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Did you read anything about, like, the motives of this guy? Because I actually, like, I know there was a bombing in 1993, okay. but, like, I don't know anything about it, actually. Ramzi Youssef was found guilty in a court of law for the bombings. He was sort of the mastermind of the whole thing. There was about five other guys involved. Uh, in 2001, a former CIA director said that he believed Youssef was working for the Iraqi intelligence. Or even the State Department said he was full of shit, which is saying something. Uh, Ramzi himself claims that the attack was motivated by the U.S. military support of Israel. Oh, okay. Just sort of uh, as a note to the whole Iraqi connection thing. Uh, an audio recording of Hussein was leaked of him speculating about who could have done the bombing, listing the U.S. government and the Saudis as possible suspects. Oh. <laughs> that's that's not to say I trust the word of Saddam Hussein, but I about equally trust the word of a former CIA director. Yeah, I don't I don't think you can trust anyone in that situation. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really a, a lose-lose. Speaking of the CIA, many of those involved in the bombing were members of an organization funded by the CIA back when they were funneling money and weapons into radical militant groups in the Middle East to fight the Soviets. That didn't backlash at all, either. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, the Independent reports that a confidential CIA internal survey concluded that it was partially culpable for the World Trade Center bomb. 
Oh. <laughs> this is getting, like, really bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, additionally, an FBI informant claims that he warned the feds of the bombing, offering to swap out the explosive with a dummy bomb. But according to him, the FBI declined. This is getting really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is all recorded fact. Like, th this isn't getting into the conspiracy theory side of things. And the conspiracy theory side of things is relatively short, all things considered. This is a pretty short theory. But I, I just wanted to give that as context before presenting you with the, the bullshit part. So you're telling me that they were like, do you want us to swap the bomb out, FBI director guy, so that um, people don't die and there's not a terrorist attack? And, and the FBI said, no, like this is 100% real. That actually happened. Well, that is on the word of the informant. And the thing is that he could have just as easily been lying. Uh, it's not like that was like ever confirmed. So... So it's concerning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's not verifiably factual that the FBI said, no, don't swap out the explosives. But this guy was an informant and was frequently in contact with the feds. And he, he testified and he, he said that at, at the trial. Okay, so yeah, it, it may not, like, it's not proven true, but the lead here is it's it's very concerning. Yeah, and that's how it is for a lot of stuff like this, where there's not a sort of golden ticket where where you have, like, a completely verifiable thing. It's usually just, like, sort of these little very suspicious little scraps that kind of stick around. I mean, I uh, guess that's kind of just, like, a self-produced conspiracy theory, though, right there. Yeah, so the conspiracy theory that 1226 with an inside job comes from Mark Gordon, who wrote the book 50 Years of the Deep State. So you know he's a great and trustworthy source. <laughs> yes! <laughs> can that be, uh, ah, oh, damn it. I was going to say, can that be our 50th episode title? But <laughs> I mean, maybe we could like read the book. The we could read the book and yeah, discuss it Yeah, we could do a little book club episode. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd yeah. be good. Okay. Mark claims that the 1993 World Trade Center bombing was a false flag orchestrated by the United States government because it led to a very expensive overhaul of the WTC's security, which Mark claims was so the 2001 attack could successfully bring down the building. So the narrative here is that uh, the U.S. government did the bombing, so then there was a reason to do a sort of very comprehensive and long uh, process of changing the construction and security of the building so that it could be brought down on 9-11. Okay, you know what? I'm going to give it to this guy. You know, what he's saying is probably most likely all bullshit, but, like, in just conspiracy thought, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely not the most insane thing we've covered. Like, you know, he... It's still all fucking, like, loony-ass shit, but I think, like, this is pro that's probably one of the most, like, comprehensible things we've talked about, like, as far as, like, mm -hmm. how people are coming to these conclusions and shit, you know? Yeah. So, fun fact, Kroll Inc. spearheaded the security upgrades, which is a multi-billion dollar company founded by Jules Kroll, the father of comedian Nick Kroll. Okay, so stand-up comedy did 9-11? <laughs> yes. Holy shit, is that the conspiracy? <laughs> no, no, I just thought that would be a fun thing to throw in there. Uh, Nick Kroll, uh, for the those of you who don't know about him, he's known for his stage show Oh Hello with John Mulaney and the cartoon show Big Mouth. I think, no, let's go with what I said. I think, I think, <laughs> I, 
I think that's what did it. That's what did 9-11. Big Mouth. Okay. Big Mouth. Yeah. Big Mouth did 9-11. There we it's go. Possible. That's the title for the episode right there. <laughs> so that's about as far as the theory goes. It's not much, but I wanted to use this moment to kind of highlight how a lot of conspiracy theories are able to form. As I mentioned earlier, multiple government agencies were in close proximity to those who perpetrated the bombing. And much like 9-11... I believe that if it weren't for U.S. intelligence agencies, the bombing would have never taken place. If we didn't constantly throw money and guns at groups with no particular care as to the ethics or ideology of these groups, the world would be a significantly better place. We are constantly playing little geopolitical chess games with human life, and it absolutely has disastrous consequences. But, I mean, I think that, apply, like, that applies to so many fucking things. Just... Yeah. Like, uh, like you know, just military, intelligence agencies, even, you know, federal and local police agencies. Like, you know what I, yeah, like, but... that happens just all the fucking time. Like, you know, they call, like, someone calls the police, like, hey, my roommate's a serial killer. Right? And and nothing happens. And, like, you know what, I, it's just. Yeah, yeah. Just negligence and, and sometimes just malintent. Malice. Yeah. Uh. Additionally, if these agencies weren't just uh, hives of scum and villainy that do far more to hurt than help, maybe they could have actually caught the bombers before any of this happened? Like, if they had informants that were close to it, whether or not he actually said, this bombing is happening, do you want me to stop it? Which I doubt, because it sounds like a little too sort of uh, turning himself into the hero of everything uh, and trying to get himself off the hook because he was closely related to a group that perpetrated a bombing. But again, there's no way of really knowing. Uh, but with such close proximity, and just like how U.S. intelligence agencies could have stopped 9-11, there's like a good chance that if these agencies were actually sort of proactive and gave a shit rather than just sitting on their asses all the time and seeing which minority communities they can harass, you know, they, it would, it would not have happened. Can we just like spit, but like what's some other things that could have just not happened had someone done something? Oh God. Oh Jesus. Um, like, all right. So every shooting the Oklahoma ever. city bombing, uh, there was a Parkland. Uh, ATF informant at Elohim City where Timothy McVeigh was interacting with a man who was aware and possibly a part of the original plot to bomb the Murrah building. So that's one of the big ones. Basically, pretty much any major domestic terrorist event in the United States could have reasonably been stopped with the amount of power that these intelligence agencies have. I know, like, and all they know exactly, like, what time I scratch my ass at night, but apparently, but they're like, oh, we didn't know about this bomb heading towards a building. Yeah, and also, like, all of the terrorist attacks that the FBI stops is them, is them goading somebody into committing a terrorist attack where they basically kind of go to, you know, let's say this, this Muslim immigrant, his whole family was killed, uh, back at home. And he's, he's, you know, sort of just a, uh, an isolated guy who hasn't really set down roots yet. So the feds send a guy knocking on his door to be like, Hey, Hey, you want me to give you a bomb? You can get back at the, <laughs> the, the United States of America. You want a bomb buddy? And then they give him a fake bomb and arrest him and they put him in a hole for his whole fucking life. Yeah. Like that is what most of the, if not all of the terrorist attacks that are stopped by U.S. intelligence agencies. It's never any real threats. It is them 
goading and provoking somebody into doing something, giving them a bomb that doesn't actually work, and then arresting them for it and patting themselves on the back and celebrating with an extra ten to a hundred million dollars of funding every year. It's like when a cop like goes to a public park and finds like a fifteen year old smoking weed and confiscates yeah. it and like takes a picture and they put it on the local <laughs> like crime and community page. Like good bust from officer fucking <laughs> dude there was a uh one of those another great bust images uploaded and somebody identified one of the guns on the table as a cap gun oh right i mean well what like, that doesn't even <laughs> fucking surprise me considering like um you know like the the george floyd protests uh i think it was portland pd or some shit like that um they were like look at these gun magazines we found. And, like, the gun magazines, like, literally said Portland police on it or some shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or they were like, look at what we what we confiscated from radical Antifa agents, and there's literally a fucking Threeper sticker on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's your gun, officer. We all know that. Like, dude, what the... <laughs> or the, uh, what was it? What was another good one? Um, oh, like, the paint bomb that went off, but, like, the paint was still wet like they had just painted it and put it down yeah yeah and then um the the mason jar <laughs> molotov cocktails <laughs> yeah it was just somebody's fucking like iced tea or something <laughs> they literally just took like a kitchen rag out of the like break room and just put it in a, in a fucking mason jar that got left in the fridge <laughs> and said this is a molotov cocktail <laughs> or like uh my favorite one was when they had like the half-eaten apple in the water bottle they were like these were thrown at our brave officers today and it's like dude i <laughs> or the okay okay now that we're just like on it uh what about the the um image of the uh officer who had like a really nasty wound on the back of his calf and like everyone in the replies is like dude like you got bitten by your bike chain like we i like yeah yeah it was like a. It's when, like, the the pedal, like, comes up and smacks the back of your calf, and it had the fucking imprints on yeah, it. Yeah, like, the teeth marks and shit. Yeah, yeah, God. Oh, man, this country is just <laughs> a fucking carnival of disaster. Back on track. The reason why conspiracy theories, or one of the reasons why conspiracy theories are so prevalent in the United States is because the U.S. cannot keep its greasy little fingers out of everything. To some, it's not the most irrational leap to look at our funding of radical groups and our constant fumbling with informants and say that the government was behind the whole thing. I don't believe it, there isn't sufficient evidence, but there's enough of a foundation of god-awful government activity to spin these types of narratives, and it makes me feel like a weenie whenever I go against some of these conspiracy theories, because it puts me in a position to defend the U.S. government, something that I would never, never want to do. That's also like my struggle all the time. Yeah. It's like I don't <laughs> I don't wanna defend them. <laughs> yeah. But also yeah. It's like, not that the government wouldn't do these things, it's that there's just not the evidence that I need to believe these extraordinary claims. Yeah, and I think something important to note, you know, I think I've mentioned like I've said this phrase before, it's just that like you know, we have a, a distrust of the government like a deep distrust of a government and so do a lot of people but some people choose to go about it like the complete wrong direction yeah some people can accurately like recognize issues but then just find the worst possible solutions 
it's easy for people to feel alienated looking at sort of the dark secret history of this country and to look at sort of all the horrible shit that we've done and to throw in the towel and say, I'm not going to require massive amounts of evidence because of the overwhelming power and at times evil of these institutions. So I'm just going to believe whatever some insane guy online says about it. Well, and I can imagine like, uh, you know, realizing that this country isn't all that fantastic. It's not the, the superhero of the world that we were told it was. You know, like, we've done all these horrible, horrible crimes on other innocent people for hundreds of years now. And I think, like, it's like like finding out Santa's not real, but on, like, like on a speedball of... Yeah, yeah. And also, I think that some of these sort of very wild conspiracy theory narratives are people trying to reconcile their patriotism with the reality that the government is garbage. Like, this whole concept of the deep state, like, it can't possibly be uh, my state representative who's signing off on the death of all these people. It's obviously some secret shadowy group, you know? It's people who still really need to have that that love and that feeling of superiority about the United States and, at the same time, sort of process the information that our government is bad. So they sort of come up with this insane alternate reality where... America is good, but there's this shadowy, evil, secret group. It's, there's no shadowy, secret, evil group. You can look these people's names up online. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, that's just, just the fucking, like, like the Marvel superhero, you know, storyline that you write to still yeah. love America, but she's yeah. just sick right now. Yeah. But that is all I have for the first World Trade Center bombing. Not a particularly long one, but I thought it was interesting. You know, nobody says never forget 226. Um, I mean, I'd say there's some very interesting things there that, you know. Yeah. Very, um, some very concerning things. But uh, I, I don't, I'm going to have to like sit on that one and see how I feel in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also... Uh, as in true Jonah fashion, I love throwing in the, the five minutes of actual conspiracy theory content and then 20 minutes of me standing up on a soapbox for all 40 of our listeners about how, how angry I am at the world. Yeah, it's getting worse every day for me right now. <laughs> uh, we love you. Don't give up. <laughs> okay. I, I'm going to do my theory now. Okay. Okay, so... um. Yeah, dragons, dinosaurs, the Bible. I'm gonna talk about it. Hell yeah. Um. Okay. So I mean, have you have you met someone that doesn't believe in dinosaurs? Yes, but I've never asked them about it. I I think the same actually. I think because I, I know I've encountered like a very hardcore creationist that like yeah. definitely didn't believe in dinosaurs, but I don't think we talked about dinosaurs specifically. I'm not even sure how to start this one, but basically, um, you know, like I said, I was I was doing some research on, you know, this theory that God himself is a dragon. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I just found, like, just generally interesting stuff about dragons and the Bible and all how right, it all cool. plays into it. Um, all right. I'm into it. So, I mean, I'm sure we're all familiar with, like, yeah, it's usually the evang- evangelicals, the evangel- <laughs> evangelicals, the evangelians. <laughs> um you know uh it depend like especially when it goes on to like creationism and stuff like that they don't believe in dinosaurs because you know the earth and the bible is only like a couple thousand years old and 
like science says it's like you know a fucking billion years old but it doesn't match up so you know christians think that scientists are compelled by satan and it's all a big yeah. lie and it's all a big deep state plot to turn people away from god and to turn towards science which is really interesting because did you know um you know there are different different ways you can read the bible and one of them is to read it um to interpret <laughs> satan as science <laughs> oh my god i i didn't actually there's a way yeah that. you can read the bible and um you know i guess just interpret any mention of satan into science and uh it's pretty pretty cutting shit damn <laughs> that really opened my eyes yeah so you know they think like Let they think sink in they think um satan planted dinosaur bones because you know he's the master of illusions and shit like that yeah um or the what master of lies um master of illusions is cool i think i want to be the master of illusions that sounds pretty fucking yeah. cool I didn't know the the devil was pen and or teller. <laughs> okay, but um, so all sorts of crazy shit. Like I, I even found some article about how American, specifically American, okay, mm-hmm. like United States of America, American mm-hmm. tycoons created the whole concept of like dinosaurs and dinosaur bones and shit like that. To just make millions of dollars off, like, the museum industry, also, like, movies and fiction. Uh, we all know how how uh, how much profit museums bring in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Jurassic World brought in a, quite a lot of money. Yeah, but, but people will pay money to see Sue, and that's about it. But, but does that, like, I mean, did you catch the part where I said United States of America? Because I'm pretty sure, like, yeah, dinosaur yeah. bones were being found, like, hella long before... Yeah, the United yeah. States of America was a thing. So Well, I mean, it's all about America, baby. There, There is all sorts of crazy weird shit about, like, why dinosaurs don't exist. Um, and it's all just a big conspiracy and hoax. Um, something yeah. interesting, I was reading this article and, and um, someone said that, like, the majority of people who don't believe in dinosaurs are uh, men over the age of 35 and their mm-hmm. like main interests and hobbies are like, like at the NFL. <laughs> Just a, a a the goatee dads. Yeah, so uh, that was weird because I don't know. I always imagined it to be like weird old Christian ladies. You know what I mean? The real, yeah, the really yeah. weird old preachy ones. Yeah, the only like creationist that I've that I've really had to like speak to in length was a uh, like a middle aged woman. I was like six years old, and I, I was just like reading from this little science book, and I was like, people are made from the same stuff that stars are. And she was like, really? How do you know that? And I was like, I, I read it in my book, woman. I don't know what you expect from me. <laughs> I <laughs> Like like this grown-ass woman was challenging a child reading off facts from a little science book that he got. <laughs> I think my first like main encounter with a creationist was um I was in the eighth grade, and I got into this like debate slash argument with the girl who sat across from me in English class and eighth grade was her very first year of public school um she had been homeschooled her whole life before oh. then <laughs> uh it's, I, I I can't do anything but feel bad for that person because uh, I've been in that that position <laughs> you were homeschooled yeah yeah I was homeschooled up until freshman year of high school no way yeah that's part of why I'm like this damn uh okay well we'll talk about that later (laughs) 
Yeah, so I got in this, like, big fucking fight with her about creationism and shit, and I was kind of just, like, laughing at her the whole time, and I'm just calling mm-hmm. her fucking stupid, but that was pretty much it. So, like, I was like, I was like, bitch, you really think we're made out of sand? And she was like, yep. <laughs> and I was like, all right, bitch, whatever. There's nothing I can do for you. But, um, yeah, so, you know, there's, like, a lot of weird shit about that. And it's it, it mostly, I mean, mostly familiar in our minds, you know, relates to Christianity and whatnot. But what if I told you there are some Christians out there who believe that dinosaurs are, in fact, real? But di- And they coexisted with people? Yes, yes, that's part of it. But... They're not, like, dinosaurs aren't, dinosaurs, dinosaurs were actually dragons. Oh, wow. So, All right. um, Hit me with it. And, and that's because, like, you know, it goes to the theories about how, like, pretty much every culture in the whole world kind of came up with dragons. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Like, even, even the most, like, isolated cultures, like, like no contact with you know europe or asia or anything like that and we like even the most separated cultures came up with dragons how is that possible i feel like it's it's relatively simple and common thought to be like wouldn't it be scary if a snake had wings i mean i guess that's true but also to counter you to counter you though like the main dragons that i can think of that are snake-like are chinese dragons and then i believe also there's some um south american dragons like but i mean even think about it like think about this think about this like scandinavian cultures and shit like that it's cold as hell out there they don't even have normal lizards so how'd they come up with dragons i'm all right you make a good point there because i don't think there are any snakes then again, no, there are reptiles where it's cold, but I'm talking like a fucking lizard where they could go like uh, like here's the thing, because like there's definitely like dragons that you could say, oh, well, someone looked at a lizard and gave it wings or someone looked at a snake and gave it wings. Right. But why yeah. are like the Viking dragons like fucking like dra- uh, like like lizard like, but they don't have any lizards? I think that. Like, sort of the the common historical consensus is that sort of dinosaurs and old megafauna, their sort of skeletons and remains and what have you were discovered and sort of were extrapolated through mythology into some sort of creature. But I mean, I guess that would like kind of give you like, you know, like the Viking, like German, German, Jormenanger. I don't know the fucking giant snake. (laughs) I don't know how to pronounce it. But anyway, okay, okay, so, um. Yeah, so I thought the, like, theories about, you know, dragon it was dragons the whole time. It's not dinosaurs, it's dragons. I thought that was really interesting. So then I went, and I guess for, like, the Christian scope on it, I wanted to just do some research on, like, mentions of dragons in the Bible, and there's quite a few. All right. Okay, so basically there are, like, two, two and a half, like, main dragons mentioned in the Bible. All right. Um, there is the Leviathan, which might be the really common one that we all kind of know of. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Behemoth. So the Le- Leviathan and the Behemoth were both created by God, and they are both mythical and extremely powerful animals that God created and who could only be defeated by God. Um, once God de- like slays these animals, basically he would use their bodies as food for the Hebrews during end times. That was the idea. Ah, all right. Uh, the Leviathan to start, uh, cause that's like the most common one. I think everyone know. I, I, no, I actually, I wouldn't say everyone, but you know, Leviathan 
is like the giant sea serpent that you can see in the Bible. Yeah. Th- that's yeah. going to like that's come up I... and like swallow the fucking world and shit like that. Jewish sources describe Leviathan as a dragon who lives like underwater. And the behemoth is like the land monster, which I think is really interesting because I, I actually, I you know, we all have heard the word behemoth, but I actually had no idea behemoth is a character in the Bible that was like yeah, this I... massive fucking monster that just like lived physically somewhere. You know, the Leviathan is like a sea serpent. Yeah. And like, there's a ridiculous fucking amount of like cultures that kind of made their own sea serpents as well. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that one's as nearly suspicious though, because like the ocean's fucking scary. Yeah. Yeah. There, There's like some absolutely insane shit in the ocean. And craziest thing to me is the fact that there were megafauna in the ocean that were around, you know, like 500 years ago and observable that have since gone extinct that, like, very well could have met the description of a lot of sea monsters. Well, and I don't know. I'm still, like, I personally believe some fucking dinosaurs, like, did make it. I mean, the, the thing is that we'll, we will never know. We will never know all the shit that lives in the ocean, and that is terrifying and incredible to me. Uh, yeah, so, you know, there's there's Leviathan and Behemoth, um, those are, like, the main two. There's actually also a third, uh, like, I guess, primordial beast created by God. Um, and this one's more in, like, uh, I guess Jewish mythology and stuff like that. And it's mm-hmm. it's a little bit more obscure. And it seems like there is only one single passage that mentions the monster. And I guess, like, Jewish scholars and stuff like that have kind of tried to interpret it off of, like, literally one sentence. Yeah. Um, but it's called Z's, and it is a massive fucking, like, griffin bird thing that can block out the sun with its wings. Sick. Which, again, is also interesting, because in a lot of cultures, there are massive fucking bird monsters. Yeah. The Leviathan can be interpreted in many ways in the Bible, um, because, you know, like, the Bible can be metaphors for a lot of things, um, especially, like, the political climate and shit happening. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, like, I think the Bible is probably the most contested and interpreted piece of work in the history of the world. Yeah, I mean, and this is, like, some interesting shit for, like, um, I guess Christians who take the Bible very literally, because I'm talking about <laughs> literal giant fucking monsters. Yeah. Um. So, the Leviathan is usually, like, the metaphors that it's interpreted as are typically, like, it's a metaphor for Babylon, mm-hmm. or it's an enemy of Israel. Um, or it's just generally a creature created by God to represent chaos and used as a means by God to maintain order. Okay. So scary God. In Christian interpretations, like, you know, more like not even just general Abrahamic, I'm talking like Christian Christians. Yeah. The Leviathan is typically used as a representation of Satan. Um, and right. who you, it, so Satan is using the Leviathan to bring destruction to God's creations and domain. Um, which is why often, like, in uh, satanic imagery, there is, you know, the uh, the alchemy symbol for sulfur. It's also, like, the Leviathan's cross, pretty much. Oh, neat. Um, and, like, the, the sigil for, like, the Church of Satan has, like, symbols for Leviathan and all that stuff. But neat. basically, a German bishop named Peter Binsfeld classified the Leviathan as one of the seven princes of hell. 
Um, which I thought was interesting because in like more Jewish interpretations, like the Leviathan is supposed to be female and behemoth is supposed to be male. Hmm. So I guess in, in like the Christian lore, Leviathan's male, but I don't know how much it matters. One thing that I don't get is that, so these creatures are a creation of God. That's relatively uncontested, right? Well, I mean, some Christians think it's it's a creation of Satan. Yeah, yeah, that's sort of what I was asking about. Yeah, so I, I'd say, like, the origin is that it's a creation of God, but Christians mm-hmm. have interpreted it to be, like, a Satan thing. Yeah, they gotta they gotta spice it up. Yeah, so Leviathan um, is, you know, Christian standards, I suppose, is a seven, one of the seven princes of hell as the demon of envy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leviathan is also associated with the Hellmouth, which is a character from uh, the Book of Revelations. and Also Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Um, it's a large creature who appears on Judgment Day to swallow the damned and bring them to hell. Sick. So uh, Leviathan's fun. I love this crazy girly. Um, but let's talk about Behemoth, because <laughs> that might be the one that people don't know about. The Behemoth is mostly mentioned in the Book of Job, and it is described as a massive elephant hippo like creature thing it's like it's like a big fucking herbivore you know neat because i I always uh pictured a behemoth as like a a a legged creature rather than a winged creature well it's yeah that is interesting i mean i don't know i play monster hunter and the behemoth and monster hunter is a dragon oh all right i think so i don't remember but anyway our understanding of biblical stuff mostly comes from movies and video games i think (laughs) yeah i think so too which i thought was interesting because like if you were to go on google and just like look up any art of the behemoth at all um it looks pretty much fucking exactly just like you know prehistoric herbivores oh all right it looks almost exactly like that (laughs) Mm-hmm. which I think is really important. Just, like, keep that in mind, just for the shit I'm talking mm-hmm. about in general. Like, this thing looks like a prehistoric herbivore. Okay. Um, It lives east of the Garden of Eden, it is said. In Jewish legend, the two creatures, supposedly they'll get in, like, a big, huge fucking fight, Leviathan and Behemoth. God will come down and slay them and use their skins to create shelter and meat to feed the survivors once the Messiah has come. All right. So, many theorists believe that there's a massive primeval creatures described in these books are ma- like actually dinosaurs, considering some of the descriptions. So, mm-hmm. you got one side that thinks like dinosaurs were just dragons, right? Mm-hmm. But then you got this other side over here that's saying the monsters being described, like the monsters, or I guess you could say dragons being described in the Bible, are just dinosaurs. Ah. Uh. And, and, like, I mean, I'm seeing, like, giant fucking bird monster, giant fucking hippo monster, giant fucking fish monster. Like, those definitely, like, the descriptions and art made of them, it all kind of matches up with dinosaurs. Uh, Many believe that the recurring concept of dragons and other massive animals constantly found throughout various faiths and cultures may have that dinosaurs and humans once coexisted. So it's this idea that, like, you know, there's there's early, um, like, Hebrew people and, I guess, Christian people, What like, you know, whenever these books were being written. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, they're out there and they literally see this, like, prehistoric fucking herbivore 
out there and they think it's, you know, the behemoth. Like, it's in the book, so it's got to be real, right? Yeah. yeah. So just the way it's, like, the, the timelines match up, all that shit, which also just goes into the theory that, like, um, some Christians, like, do believe in dinosaurs, but they think the dinosaurs, like, you know, they existed only a couple thousand years ago and then died out, not yeah. millions of years ago and died out. Yeah, or they died in the flood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, it also just plays into that generally that there's just a lot of shit, dude, about dinosaurs, dragons, and Christianity and Abrahamic religions in general. Like, it's it's fucking wild. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ideas to be had here. A man named Derek Isaacs wrote a book called uh, Dragons or Dinosaurs, Creation or Evolution, and it stresses that in the Book of Revelations... Satan is referred to specifically as a dragon several times, um, Hmm. which is true. Like, uh, you know, they talk about the dragons and shit like that in Revelations, and, like, they they mean Satan. It's Satan. Um, All right. And this guy argues that if dragons are merely, like, mythical, like, fantasy and totally made up, then so would Satan be. And that blows, like, a huge hole into the entire religion. So, you know, to say... Oh, dragons are fake. It's just fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. You're also, according to the Book of Revelation, saying Satan is just fantasy. Like the you know the greatest evil yeah. ever is just fake. And well, isn't a a sort of counter to that that what we would call a dragon could easily be a mistranslation of you know sort of the the process from like Sumerian to Hebrew to English. That is like a really good counter that I don't have the answer to because mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> I didn't. I mean, that didn't really, cross my mind. A lot of biblical arguments kind of have that as a option, where it, somewhere along the line there were some major mistranslations and edits and what have you, and what we think of as a dragon might not have been what eventually translated into dragon from ancient Sumerian. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but anyway. but also, uh, yeah, that's. I, that's hard to say, and I wish I knew the answer because I don't. But I thought his his point was really interesting that, you know, like, he believes in dragons because Satan is described as a dragon. And, you know, he believes Satan is real, so therefore dragons have to be real. All right. Which, I don't know, I thought that was kind of a cool opinion, even though I don't believe him. Yeah, you know, you find all sorts of stuff out there. Yeah. Um, so while Satan is described as the dragon revelations, some other people have speculated whether or not God himself is a dragon. And it mm-hmm. just like from this one verse in, in Psalms, it, it's when like God came down to save David, like one of those times. I don't know. It was, it, it, I, <laughs> he, God's always coming down to save people in the Bible, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the Bible. But yeah. So it's in Psalms when God flies on down to help out David and God was described as so. Smoke poured from his nostrils. Fierce flames leapt from his mouth. Glowing coals blazed forth from him. So depending on how you read and interpret the Bible... <laughs> yeah. Uh, God is a fire-breathing dragon. dragon right there. <laughs> Damn, you get to heaven and, and God's just a, just a fucking wyvern. What the fuck do you do? Uh, yeah. A lot of people say that that scene in the Bible is supposed to be poetic, you know, and not literal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, God's wrath and shit like that. Um, yeah. That's hard for me to, like, grasp, considering there seems to be a huge blur in what Christians decide is literal and what's supposed to be poetic in the Bible. Yeah. But to me, it sounds like he's a fucking fire-breathing dragon and that shit. 
So, I mean, that's literally the one verse from the Bible that got me, like, spiraling down this fucking, like, what is dinosaurs and dragons and, and all this crazy shit. But it was actually pretty interesting. Yeah, that's cool. But, yeah, I, I, I think where I stand on this, like, I don't know. All the monsters that I read about in the Bible, they, they sound like prehistoric creatures <laughs> that may have yeah. may have, like, wiggled their way up to, you know, live alongside some people. And it could have just been... Like, it could have just been that, honestly. Yeah, it could have been, you know, uh, just an extrapolation based on fossils and, and skeletons and what have you of the old megafauna. And them just being like, well, this has to be God's creation somehow, so we got to fit it into the lore. Or it could have been stuff like the woolly rhino that's no longer around or, or something of that nature where it was actually some sort of giant creature that lived up until 2,000 years ago or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think I I think I'm very very fascinated by the behemoth because it's, it sounds so specific, you know. Mm-hmm. It's specifically some kind of bizarre like hooved herbivore, you know. Yeah. Which it doesn't really like fit a lot of the other like types of mythical creatures that you see like in the in that time in other yeah, cultures yeah. around it. It's it's all about the crazy scary shit like the manticore and you know what I mean the chimera. Yeah. But, like, we're talking, like, a giant fucking cow? Yeah. I don't know. Big cow. How fucked up would it be if there's, like, one of those, like, prehistoric sloths in the Bible? <laughs> that would be a give- dead giveaway. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I got. I think it's just kind of, I mean, it's not really a conspiracy theory, but I think it's interesting just to see what other, like, I guess it's just Bible theory time. Yeah, yeah, you know, you got all sorts of all sorts of crazy shit going on with those those their Abrahamic religions and what have you. I mean, but I guess like dinosaurs being a hoax is like one of the biggest conspiracy theories as far yeah. as like, you know, theology goes and shit like that. Yeah, and widespread belief. I mean, I mean, yeah, it is surprisingly not <laughs> an uncommon mm-hmm. thing for people to believe. Yeah. But, but... um yeah, just kind of a fun little researching rabbit hole. Yeah, sounds cool. Uh, so I guess that does it. Thanks for listening. Next episode is going to be part two of the spiritual special, which I'm very excited about. Get, get caught up on cool. that. I was going to say spirit cooking. Holy shit. Well, should I talk about <laughs> spirit cooking? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could. Probably a later episode. But no, um, your, your spirit science. Yeah, yeah, they they released the rest of their their insane documentary, so I can watch that and get caught up and read just a few more woo-woo, crazy, what-have-yous. I've been saying what-have-you a lot in this episode. I'm a big fan of the term. I always say, uh, what do I always fucking say at the end of my sentence? I always say, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to hear more about spirit science, because it was like, um probably the most offensive shit that like <laughs> like we have discussed on here so far probably yeah yeah probably but so we're yeah gonna, thanks we're, for listening we're gonna get get the neck braces ready there's gonna be some whiplash yeah. we will see you next time yep bye-bye. bye bye